Hey, blessings. Thank you for choosing to tune in to She Speaks, inspired by She Speaks Prophetic Ministries. During this time, you will hear stories of tragedy to triumph, prophetic insights, and lighthearted inspirational stories. My guests are from all over the world, from different walks of life. So come on in and let's hear. Let's take a part. Let's go. Hey, blessings. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Sparkle Robinson. Thank you for tuning in to She Speaks Prophetic Ministries. I have a great guest today. I always have great guests and I get so excited about the people that I get to sit down and talk to. They have such powerful stories and stories that I'm hoping and praying that will encourage you. So today I have Mrs. Sylvia Waller and recently she just won Mrs. Colorado American 2020. Welcome Sylvia, how are you? I am awesome, thank you, very blessed. Yes, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with me, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for asking me. Yes, so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you and are you married, do you have kids and what is your background? Yes, I, I've been married for 11 years. Uh, my husband and I have a blended family, so we have, um, I have two sons, uh, 26 and 23, and then I have two bonus daughters who are 31 and 27, I think. <laughs> As they get older, I forget, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, currently I am a uh, makeup artist and a uh, licensed esthetician so due to COVID that has kind of um, slowed things down a little bit but uh, I also work with um, I do a little I don't know if you would call it acting but uh, some commercials I'm I'm in the process of learning acting so I'm signed with Wilhelmina so that also takes some time and um God has always put me in places that I'm uncomfortable, and uh, I'm, I just learned to stop running and just say, okay. So right now, I am doing a lot of things that are a little uncomfortable for me, but I'm looking at it as this is the path he has for me, so, yeah. Well... Wow, I didn't know you were an esthetician, so that, that's good to learn. See, when we, you know, um, do this show, we learn so many things about people and what they do, and so I didn't know that. So, um, congratulations on your win for Mrs. Colorado American 2020. So, tell us, what's the difference between Mrs. Colorado American 2020 and Mrs. Colorado America? Well, Mrs. This year, they decided to um, give a title to the top two winners. So, Mrs. Colorado is the original Mrs. Colorado America, and then I'm technically first runner-up. So, what they did this year was give the top two a title. So. Um, Mrs. Colorado and, and myself, Mrs. Colorado American, we are sister um, sister titles. So we actually go out and um, work together. She has her platform, which is, uh, I believe it's anti-bullying and inclusion in the schools. So we'll be working together. I'll be going out 
with her uh, to some of the schools. Hopefully, if you know, depending on the restrictions of COVID, so we don't we don't really know how that looks. But um, and then I uh, my platform is Alzheimer's, so we're doing a lot of virtual activity. We have the virtual walk coming up, and um, we have some virtual um, educational classes that are available right now. And working with the NAACP, we have some virtual activities that are uh, coming up as well next month with uh, the Health and Wellness Committee uh, for NAACP. And the reason I say that is because um, African Americans are twice as likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So it's important that we get out and talk to them about, talk to, you know, the community about uh, Alzheimer's and there's really no, there's no cure and there's no prevention, but uh, if it's in the cards, it's going to happen. But studies have shown that a healthy diet and exercise will either prolong the, uh, the disease or it will lessen the severity. So that's why it's important. So they're still, they're still doing studies and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, that's kind of my passion. So when I start talking about that, I just get on a roll. But uh, yeah, so the difference in the two is that I'm technically first runner up and Nicole is Mrs. Colorado. So Okay, thank you for clarify, clarifying that uh, for yeah. me and even for the listeners. So that's great. Okay, so how did you even get involved in this world of pageantry? How did that come about? Well, I um, at the time I was going through um, uh, grieving and, and kind of a dark place when I lost my dad in 2017. And I had just, you know, been praying that, you know, the Lord gives me some direction. I just felt empty and I needed something to do. I felt as though um, I still had more in me to do. And um, I just didn't know what it was. And so out of the blue, someone had uh, sent me a message on Facebook and asked if I had thought about competing in a pageant. And um, I believe that was in that was in like 2018, and I, honestly, I, you know, I've said no. I've never really thought about it because I don't consider myself a pageant girl. I don't. When you think of pageants, you think of, you know, long, flowy hair, and and honestly, you think of someone that's a lighter complexion. And I'm I'm dark, you know, I'm dark chocolate. So I just that just did not. Um, in my mind, I just didn't see that. And my husband was the one that said, well, go change it. And so, you know, I kind of thought about it. And um, that was my my um, start. And I already had a platform. I already had something that was passionate to me. So um, I just took the Alzheimer's Association and we rolled with it. And I just went in there as myself and not worrying about what I think they want because I can only be myself, you know, and God doesn't make mistakes. So I, I have learned to embrace who I am and whose I am. 
and just walk in that glory. So I just said, you know, I'm going to go in and tell them who I am and, you know, and the, the rest is up to them because honestly, pageants are subjective. So, you know, who's to say, who's, what's, who's to say what's beautiful? Because your, your um, definition of beauty may be different from mine. So when I went into it, I said, well, a pageant is just like uh, a garden of flowers. Every woman in the pageant is, is, a, is a beautiful flower, and it just depends on, you know, which flower the judge wants. If he wants a rose or if he wants tulip. And if you're a tulip, you can't be a rose. So, you know, I went into it with that attitude. I'm myself, and I'm going to be the best version of myself that I could be. And I think when I did that, it gave me a little more confidence to go in and do it because I wasn't trying to be anybody that I wasn't. So um, God has a way of putting me in places. I was so uncomfortable, but I trust him and I just, I just kept moving. And, you know, I actually won my first pageant and the first time I ever done it. And the feedback was that uh, the judges gave me was that I was, Myself, I was unapologetically myself. I, I just went in and told them who I was, and I didn't try to give them what they wanted to hear. And I have gray hair, and that was um, interesting to them. Why someone? I had one of the judges ask me, "Why would someone of my maturity level <laughs> enter a pageant?" And I, you know, my response to him was like, why not? Why not? Yes. <laughs> so I wanted to say, you call me old, but you know, I couldn't really do that. So I, you know, I, I just basically said, you know, I feel good in, in my skin and there is beauty in aging. So yes. why not? And my genuine answers came from the heart and that's what actually, you know, got me the title. So. Yeah, well, you are absolutely gorgeous. You are. And I will have to say that even just um, seeing your pictures just stands out and you're just beautiful. And I'm so, I have to be honest with you, I'm so just grateful that there has been a chocolate presence um, that has been part of the winning categories, you know, and just, um, it, it's time. It's definitely time. And so you answered my next question in a sense, but if there's anything more that you want to add, please feel free. So my question was going to be, how was it competing um, in a pageant that is predominantly white? They have not had a black, a African-American winner in, in probably over 25, 30 years. And then here you come changing the narrative in a sense and, and changing and opening the doors even more. We know that there have been women of color that have competed throughout these years and they're beautiful and they've done a great job. Um, right. I was able to be a judge last year and I will have to say that um, when you are yourself, that's what stands out. When you're not yourself, it all blends together and judges can tell the difference. But so my question to you was, how was it competing 
in a predominantly white pageant? You know, I I was okay. I was okay with it. You know, I, I went in with the um, the attitude. I mean, I, I know, you know, dark chocolate is beautiful. And I, I'll give you like a backdrop. When I was a kid, um, you know, growing up in the 60s, that was a difficult time for me because I remember I was really, really, really dark. I stayed in the sun, played in the sun, and I had the nerve to even emulate what I saw on TV. So I had one of those little round um, um, pools, and I'd get in the pool, put baby oil on myself, and lay in the sun. I don't know what possessed <laughs> me, but, you know, I did. So I was, you know, pretty dark. Mm-hmm. And the kids would tease me, and I remember one day, I came home from school and I, I was crying. I was in elementary school and um, I asked my mother, I said, why couldn't I be light skinned like you? Mm. That hurt her to the core. And I remember she basically said, Sylvia, you know, um, beauty comes in all shades. And, you know, they would try to talk to me about how beautiful my dark skin is and my dad is dark so I look just like my dad um so you know he would always tell me the darker the berry the sweeter the juice and you know they just really pumped me up you know Sylvia you're beautiful you're this you're that but as a child you hear your parents saying it but society is saying something different and then you look in the magazines and you know Beauty doesn't look like you. So you're struggling mm-hmm. with your self-esteem and you're struggling with beauty. In the back of my mind, I always have my parents. I heard my parents say, you are beautiful. It didn't, it wasn't until I embraced it in my heart and believed it that I felt good with it. And that wasn't until I think I was I was in my 40s when I really became confident in who I am. I mean, I was good at, you know, uh, masking it. But deep down, I still had that little sense of insecurity. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I when I start turn when I turned 40, I think that's when I really said, you know what, I, this is who I am, and I'm mm-hmm. that's it. And so when I went into the pageant, I felt like I am, I am a beautiful soul. I am God's creation, and I am wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made. So I walked in, and I said, this is going to be a year where hopefully somebody of darker skin will be embraced. Yes. And I did not feel, I didn't feel any uh, racial tension. As a matter of fact, everyone was so embracing and everyone was so nice, you know. Um, and I'm kind of a, I'm a social butterfly too. And we all had our game face on. But, you know, I can have my game face on, but still be kind. Right. So it's really not a good thing to have your game face on and you snub people. Right. So, you know, I, I, I knew how to do that. And I had a great time. I just felt, uh, 
we were all cheated because of COVID. Right. Because we didn't, you know, it was a pageant day. Well, we had our orientation Friday night, but pageant day rather than pageant week. And usually pageant week, you get a chance to meet everybody. I didn't get a chance to meet everybody. So I talked to the people who were uh, in line with me. So we would have, we were measured out six feet apart, but, you know, we would be in line for, you know, our turn to interview or our turn to do swimsuit or evening gown. So those people that were in line with me, I was just chatting away, you know, so I got to know those women, but the other women, I didn't get a chance to meet and I felt cheated because I didn't get a chance to meet them, but, um, we didn't really get a chance to mingle much because of the social distancing and, you know, um, I think that that kind of cheated us in a way, but, you know, I give Emily and her staff kudos because they made it happen. Right. And we had, we, we had a great time. I mean, yeah, we had, a, we had a great time and I, I enjoyed it. I was grateful and, um, it was it was a beautiful experience for me. I, I can't say that, you know, I had any negativity at all. But mm-hmm. I don't like neg- negativity, so it doesn't affect me, but I didn't experience it. Well, that is so beautiful to hear. It really is. It's beautiful to hear even just a, another perspective of, of things. And that really, I believe has a lot to do with your maturity level though too because you went in um just like like your husband said I love the advice that he gave you go and change it and so you decided to go in and be yourself and um focus on who you are but also focus on being friendly to the other ladies because I'm sure the other ladies were feeling uncomfortable as well you know not just because this is a competition, but also this is a pandemic. This is completely different than what anybody has ever faced before. Um, so how beautiful is that? That is great, Sylvia. How So <laughs> on the big screen, as you were sitting in the car, looking at yourself on the big screen, what did that feel like? You know, that was, that was kind, of, kind of surreal. I, I struggle with being myself you know we're the biggest critics of ourselves so Mm -hmm. it was kind of weird to see myself on screen but it was actually fun to watch the whole pageant and see everybody because we normally don't get to do that Mm -hmm. so that in that sense we got a chance to watch the pageant unfold with everybody else because we had no idea when we left Saturday who was going to win so the the anxiety and the anticipation, you know, we had four days to wait. Uh, who's going to win? Who's, you know, so we watched it unfold with everybody at the drive-in theater. And it was pretty wild. You know, our families, we weren't supposed to get out of the car, but, um, you know, people don't comply. So, <laughs> so my, my son kept saying, I can't see. So he, you know, sat on the hood, and it was just, it was so much fun. So every time, you know, your loved one would come out, you hear horns blowing. And when the winners were announced, you heard all these horns blowing. 
you could hear people, you know, yelling and from their cars. So it was, it was, uh, it was a beautiful experience. It was something that I hadn't been to the drive-in since high school in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So that was a, you know, that was an experience. But it was, it was beautiful because it was creative, right? And and it and it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked. Right. I pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, that is that is so awesome. It really is. And, um, you know, being somebody uh, like myself and some of my friends, we were, you know, waiting for updates like, OK, what's going on now? What's going on now? So, yeah, it was just so great to um, to see you up there on the big screen. So I was so excited. And then you being a, um, a sister in Christ. You know, and so that was like, yeah, represent, you know, it was was so exciting. So we only have about a few more minutes, about eight minutes or so. So let's talk about your platform again. So your platform is the Alzheimer's Association. And you did tell us a little bit about that earlier. So just tell us how we can get involved in helping you or how others can um, bring you out to represent this organization or how would that work? Yeah, um. So the Alzheimer's Association, uh, we're, we're, we're organizing a walk right now, and um, I would love for uh, anyone who's interested to come out, actually we're not doing a virtual, we're doing a virtual walk, we're not doing the walk in the park, so it's, it's easier for everyone to uh, participate, so I can have someone on my team to walk um, to end Alzheimer's from New York or California, it doesn't matter. And you can just go on um, to the, the Alzheimer's uh, Association.org and you'll see a link that says walk and you can uh, hit that link. And my team is called Papa James Fountain and that's my dad. So you can join my team and walk virtually. And what that looks like is on September 19th, you would just take a walk and videotape yourself walking, or you can Zoom walking or FaceTime walking, and we're going to have that, um, send that all to the Alzheimer's Association, and it will be pieced in uh, like a little video. So it would just be nice to see all over the world uh, people walking and simultaneously. So that is, that's the beauty in it. And uh, I don't know, just quickly, I just wanted to give a few little statistics there. Um, The reason that I am so passionate, one, that I lost my dad, um, two, that um, in the African-American community, we are twice as likely to be diagnosed and um, that's basically because heart disease, diabetes, um, high blood pressure, those are directly related to brain health. And that is directly related to Alzheimer's. So most African Americans um, are affected by that. And my family is. I have diabetes and my, um, my blood pressure elevates at times. But I... Um, exercise regularly, keep my weight down. And that's one of the reasons I got healthy was because taking care of my dad, I got sick. My sugar levels started to rise and I did not want to be on medication. So I got myself together 
dropped the weight and uh, my sugar level went down, my blood pressure stable, and I'm doing good. My, my cholesterol is good. So if we make sure those numbers are good, yes. then if it's in our cards to get uh, uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, then, you know, you can either prolong it or lessen the severity. And the studies have shown that. So that's one of the reasons why I'm out uh, campaigning for a healthy lifestyle and diet and exercise. Because if you are going to get it, like for me, I have three strikes. I'm a woman. Women are also twice as likely to get it. Two-thirds of women have uh, Alzheimer's after the age of 65. Mm-hmm. So I'm a woman, I'm an African-American woman, and my family has it. So I'm a little nervous, but, you know, God is in control. So as long as I do what I can do, yeah. I'm not going to worry about it. So, um, But it's important that we know what, how we can help, you know, how we can lessen the severity. If you don't have to be on medication for diabetes and blood pressure if you can control that through diet and exercise do that because it will help you in the long run so that's kind of what my um, my goal is to help raise awareness in that area so if you have any questions I know sometimes when I'm talking to people um, I'll get um, well you know my mother is is going through dementia or my sister has it and the difference I get this question the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's is dementia is the umbrella for uh, all of the different types of um, diseases Alzheimer's is the number one form of dementia so within that dementia uh, umbrella there's Parkinson's there's Alzheimer's there's Lewy bodies so I didn't know that all of those were considered dementia so Alzheimer's is just the most popular or I won't say popular but the most common and if if there's anyone out there that has any questions about um, Alzheimer's or a family member that might be acting peculiar um, the, the Alzheimer's Association has a helpline that's 24-7, and they are wonderful. They can answer any questions. They can just talk to you if you just need someone to talk to. Um, the number is 800-272-3900. And if anyone has uh, an activity or you know, a Zoom conference or anything, and you would like for me to uh, attend um, talking to children and young girls about um, um, self-esteem, you can reach me at Waller at gmail.com, and I would be more than happy to speak with you. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Well, Thank you so much, Sylvia. Oh, one quick question. How long does the walk have to be on September 19th? Um, you know, the original walk, I think we only, I think we walked maybe, it may have been two miles because, you okay. know, um, a lot of people who were, are affected with it walked and it was just a little lap around City Park. Okay. Um, so uh, at your 
at home, you can do a mile, you can do two miles. It, it, it just depends on how you're feeling, you know. Okay. Okay, that's great because I think I might really try to participate in that. Uh, my husband and I have been walking at least three, four times a week anyway, about two miles. And so um, I was like, oh, this would be a perfect time to really support what you do then along with what I'm trying to do on a consistent basis anyway. So <laughs> Walking is great. I've been, since the pandemic, you know, I can't. Just staying in the house was driving me crazy. Yes. And I think it was the month of April is when I started getting out. I was like, I got to get out of here. And mm -hmm. I would just walk, and I felt like my husband was calling me for his gump because <laughs> I would walk, and every day I'd walk far, far, further and further. And I got up to a point where some days I would walk eight miles. He's like, Whoa. he'd call me, where are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm just walking. It's beautiful out here I'm just walking mm -hmm. and I you know I just I, that's my new thing now I just I walk yes yes <laughs> I'm actually really really liking it and I'm like oh this is great and my body feels better you know yeah. um, you know when I first started walking I was in a lot of pain and some days I still am but by the time I'm done my body just feels better I feel like my oxygen is flowing better and it's right. just it's just great, right. and my blood pressure is, um, you know, it, it's stabilized, you know, for yes. sure. And I know that that has to do with the walking and changing what I've been eating and just not trying to let stress get to me either. So, yeah, but thank you so much for the encouragement today, Sylvia. And I just pray and wish you the very best in your journey. And uh, thank, thank you so you. much for sitting with me today and telling us about who you are. And so we know who you are now behind these beautiful pictures. And we know that beauty is, you know, it's skin deep. And it's, it um, and so I'm just so grateful that we had this time together. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sparkle. I really appreciate it. I, um, this has been a joy to just sit down and talk with you. Yes, ma'am. So, well, God bless you, and we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're probably wondering by now, what is She Speaks Prophetic Ministries? Why is the S lowercase and the H and the E capitalized? Well, the H and the E signifies He Speaks Through Me which is God. She Speaks Prophetic Ministries is a preaching, teaching, and training ministry, offering gatherings to empower men and women in training up prophets and intercessors. If you are interested in knowing more about She Speaks Prophetic Ministries, please be sure to visit our website at sparklerobinson.com. Now, back to our show. Hey, Blessings. Thank you so much for keeping it locked right here to She Speaks. I am Sparkle Robinson, and we just heard the voice of Sylvia Waller just walking us through her journey, through this pageant journey. And so now I have another beautiful guest that I'm excited about, and her name is Miss Nicole Coveney. She actually won the pageant, and she is Miss Colorado 2020. Welcome, Nicole. How are you? 
I'm great, Sparkle. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to talk with you. Yes, well, I'm excited to have you and just to um, hear about your journey. And so let's just get right into things. Um, Tell us about you. Tell us about who you are, your family, and just give us some insight on um, what, you know, who you are. Yes, I am. Um, so I live in uh, south suburbs of Denver area, and I grew up in Colorado Springs. And uh, my husband and I, Jason, have or, and Jason have been married for eighteen years, and we have three awesome kids. Uh, Grace is sixteen and is going to be a junior this year. Garrett is fifteen and he's going to be a sophomore. And uh, yes, it was pure chaos when they were little because they were so close in age, and then. <laughs> Um, I feel like the Lord spoke to me quite a few years later and uh, told me that I needed to have another one. So I've got Jace, who's going to be turning seven in uh, October, and she is going to be in first grade. So uh, wow. quite an age difference. Yes. And um, But she, she makes life very fun for all of us. And she just kind of gets drug around everywhere, uh, <laughs> sports and pageants. My daughter is actually involved in pageants as well. So uh, it's, uh, it's a very wonderful journey. Oh, yes, I'm sure, because little ones always bring life to the party, don't they? <laughs> oh, they sure do, and they bring just fun, because yes. uh, anybody out there that has teenagers knows that things get a little bit raw and a oh, little yeah. bit um, chaotic sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jace um, can always bring just a very childlike, you know, notion to our family and she's wonderful so very much a blessing to our family yes well absolutely that is so awesome so um let's talk about how you got step how you got started in the pageant world what was that like for you so this is really funny. My, as I mentioned, my daughter Grace, uh, she's been competing in pageants for probably about six years now, and that was all her. It's not something that I knew anything about. And she came to me one day and she said, "Mom, I want to do a pageant." And I, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about pageantry out there. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there have been shows and bad press about pageants for years that shed a negative light. And so I too was one of those people that might have stereotyped pageantry and she um but you know she also wasn't involved in a lot of sports like my son is and so Jason and I felt like it was something that we needed to explore for her just because she didn't have that one thing that she loved so um she started doing pageants and I realized that the pageants that we were finding were not, um, they weren't the glitzy pageant. She actually wasn't even allowed to wear makeup until she was about 13 or 14 in her pageant journey. So it truly was more about what was coming out of her mouth and not how cute she looked on stage. Um, so it really, it was a positive experience. It taught her how to, publicly speak. So I was pageant mom and I was probably annoying pageant mom because I didn't realize it at the time, but I guess I am fairly competitive. And so, um, her and I, you know, we went on this journey for probably about five years. Well, fast forward, I had always wanted to do Mrs. Colorado and the people that I had talked to, you know, they were encouraging, but I hadn't actually talked to our director, Emily before. And, um, she's an amazing woman. She's very encouraging. And I had Mm -hmm. finally met her and, um, 
you know, we talked and I just said, you know, Emily, I don't know if I would have time if I were crowned. And she said, you know what, Nicole, I understand that people that are doing Mrs. Pageants have lives, they have families and jobs. And she said, your year would look how you want it to look. So that encouraged me to go on the other side have a little bit of a uh, change in our family where I got to compete for once. And so last year I did my first Mrs. Colorado pageant and I was very, very excited to have placed top 12. Yes, and you did an excellent job and you definitely stood out. So I really believe that that is part of the pageant journey. You definitely need to stand out and stand, you know, um, just just be that bold force in a sense and that bold voice of whatever you're standing for. And so you were one of those for sure. Yes. And thank you. I appreciate that. I um, actually, I mentioned to you earlier, Sparkle, that uh, my very first pageant experience as at the Mrs. Colorado pageant last year, you were the first smiling face that I saw in my interview and you asked me the first question. So you immediately put me at ease because um, if anybody's never done a pageant before that's listening, you are one person sitting in front of a panel of five to six judges and it's a long table and everybody's staring at you. It's yeah. very much probably like a corporate interview and it's intimidating. So seeing your smile that first time was just, it eased my my heart and my mind and kind of helped me. It set the tone for the entire interview. Oh, praise God. Well, thank God for that. Because, yeah, because I can just feel the intensity from each um, lady and it was just like, oh man, just if we can help give them peace in some way, that would be great. So, um, so this year was definitely different for you all competing (laughs) because of the pandemic. So tell me how that was, um, competing in a pageant during a pandemic. Well, I, you know, I think a lot of pageants have been done differently this year. The directors are so amazing of these pageants. It is a huge undertaking for them to put together a pageant anyway, and then you have to add the safety and the distancing and all of that to it. So I just can't praise Emily Stark enough for putting together an absolutely wonderful pageant. I actually loved it. Um, (laughs) I have uh, undiagnosed ADD, so I, I kind of getting that pageant done in one day for my heart and my mind was actually great because normally it's four days. I, don't love being away from my family for that long. And I will say, um, in years past, as far as Mrs. Colorado goes, it's wonderful. Emily puts together like this amazing, it's more of a women's retreat and she sprinkles a little bit of pageantry into it. So it's absolutely wonderful. But just for my brain, I loved getting it done in one day. Um, we competed at the Inverness hotel, uh, which was really close to home for me. So in case I forgot anything, (laughs) it was great (laughs) because I was a hop, skip and a jump from home. But, um, we basically had specific times where we had to show up for the pageant um, to compete in our interview. And then we would go back to our rooms or wherever we needed to be for a couple of hours. And then we would come back down. We competed in the swimsuit competition. Um, Fast forward another couple of hours and then we competed in 
the um, evening gown competition. So as all of this is going on, there is a videographer in the room and our photographer, the awesome Megan Schumacher um, Anderson, and she's a graphic photography and she's awesome. Um, So this videographer basically put together a pageant movie and then fast forward four days later, we went to the Denver Mart drive-in and we got to watch our pageant movie with our family members and friends and see how everything unfolded. Wow. So that four days was a little tough to not have any answers or not Mm -hmm. know what was going on. I know not only myself, but all the other ladies were, uh, we were probably all biting our nails off because we just didn't have any answers yet. So (laughs) it was very nice four days later after that wonderful movie came out to (laughs) finally be able to get on with life. Yes. Oh my goodness. What was that like um, looking at yourself on a big screen like that? Um. The camera truly does add 10 pounds. (laughs) It was so funny because I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, everybody had always said that in Hollywood. And I'm like, geez, I look like I hit the, what is it, the quarantine 15? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You guys, all of y'all look so great. And oh, yeah, that has to be something, though, just to see yourself on a big screen like that and in the midst of, I'm sure, like 100-something people and just, wow. Oh, yeah. It was it was pretty crazy, but it was so cool. And again, I just cannot say enough how wonderful Emily did, just mm-hmm. because I know some pageants were Zoom and others were completely in person, but I feel like this was a perfect sweet spot to keep us all safe. So um, not only were we safe, but we also got to have the pageant experience, which was just amazing because I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Yes, that is definitely, um, she is definitely creative because to come up with something like that, as you're describing it, that that's really great because, you know, sometimes with some people, when they have a vision, they have it just one way, but she had to like, you know, shift things in the midst of it. And it's, it's a great thing that you ladies, you know, shift it with her as well. So, yes. Well, and I have to say so many people after I won had said, gosh, Nicole, I'm so sorry you didn't get to have that whole Ellie Calkins opera house experience and all of that. But honestly, Sparkle, that's not what this is about for me. I I can always joke that I got crowned in a parking lot at the Denver Mart. And then I, um, I just, it's about my journey. It yes. really is about what I'm going to do with this title, as opposed to all of the pomp that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. So if anybody um, was going to have an okay year with all of this that's going on right now in our world, it's probably going to be me because I truly just want to use this title to make a big difference in my community so it wasn't about all that for me absolutely and that speaks to your humility too it really does because it it lets us see the bigger picture in regards to who you really are on the inside and who you are on the inside will come out and show so that is definitely showing by hearing what what you just said so that's great thank you yeah yeah so um In regards to everything that's going on, so we know that we have the virus going on, of course, but then we have this racial tension going on in our world. And um, can you speak to that? Where is your heart concerning all of that? I'm actually glad that I get to to talk to you about this because there is so much tension and it makes me so sad um, just how divided we have all 
become as a country. So um, as far as COVID goes, I have mixed feelings on that on a daily basis. I'm always a really, um, I'm a stats driven person. So one day I'm freaking out about it. The next day I look at the stats that kind of calms me down a little bit. Um, but I just wish, honestly, there are so many things that we can do as a community to help slow the spread, to help get our kids back to school. Because my heart, along with a lot of other people that have school-aged children, my heart is getting those kids back to school because their mental health, to me, is so important, too, especially with teenagers. Right. So just wear your mask. <laughs> right. Just right. slow the spread. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just such a small thing that we can do. I'm a hairstylist, and I have to wear my mask about nine hours a day, and I absolutely hate it. Oh, um, goodness. Because I end up, you know, I have headaches at the end of the day. Your breathing is a little weird. Um, you're not drinking as much water as you should be. So I don't like it, but I also don't feel right if I don't have it on. Um, so it's just a very small thing that's not going to hurt anybody. I don't feel like my rights are being taken away. And I just need to take a break every now and then and drink some water. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the simple, that's just the simple thing that we can do. You know, just the, yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, and then, you know, as far as the racial tensions go, it just makes my heart so sad. Um, I feel like, you know, I, we were all really listening after George Floyd's death. And then all of these things started happening that I feel like everybody got lost in the mix of those. And I almost feel like it's gotten worse. I grew up in a really, um, I feel like was a more racially diverse area. And I loved that because I had, I had friends of all different races when I was growing up in Colorado Springs, okay. but I, it kind of makes me sad. And I've told my kids this before that they, um, I don't live in a racially diverse area now. And that kind of bothers me just because I don't feel like my kids are getting kind of what I got growing up. Right. And <clears throat> I, I, all we can do as a white community is raise our kids to be kind and nice to everybody. Right. And it's just, I, I know we don't know what to say sometimes. I'm telling you right now, I could have opinions on everything that's going on, but I don't know how much clout that packs because I'm a white woman. Right. <laughs> and I don't know what the black community has gone through. Yeah. So I can see the struggles that have gone on, but I've never lived those struggles before. Right, right. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I've um, talked to about with some of my white friends, my female friends, is that, you know, just talk to other people in your community and try to educate them because, um, the more we're talking, we've been talking for years. And so I think it, it does a lot um, of justice, in a sense, when you all start speaking up on our behalf. And so that helps, you know, and just to sit down and listen to each other, listen to each other's hearts, because there's so many things that we don't know about each other that we need to know on both sides, you know? Right. And so um, definitely just, you know, continue to be who you are and, and to help educate the people around you, especially if there's any, um, 
ignorant people around you, people that want to be ignorant about the situation, just as I have people around me in the black community that want to be ignorant about what's going on. And so I believe that my responsibility is to help educate them. And so I've decided, like even being on social media, I've decided, okay, I'm not going to get as angry as I've gotten (laughs) to see some of the posts, but I'm going to take the opportunity to just educate. And I'm definitely having to pray through it, to be honest with you, Nicole. And I'm like, oh, God, help me to just educate in this moment and not be so angry. Yes, it's so true. And I will tell you, um, before I truly started talking to people and understanding people, in my mind, as a white woman, I had always been the, I'd always thought like the the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. I had always been one of the All Lives Matter people mm-hmm. until George Floyd's death. And then I started to realize, and a lot of people on social media, it was more like educating. And again, I wasn't fighting with anybody. It was more just reading and thinking mm-hmm. and reflecting. And prayer as well helps because I truly do feel like when you open your heart to God, he will speak to you and educate you. Absolutely. Um, I... I get it now because before it was, I was trying not to be racist by saying all lives matter because I wanted unity for everybody. And I almost felt like by saying black lives matter, that's bringing, um, that's bringing more perpetuation of racism. Mm -hmm. But now I get it because again, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. And there has been oppression. I think one of my favorite videos is, I don't know, I think you've seen it too. It's, I think it was a pastor and it was like a Christian outing and he had put everybody in a line and basically said, there's a hundred dollar bill here. Um, yeah. And the first person who gets to it gets it. And Mm -hmm. it was asking questions about, um, basically white kids lives versus black kids lives. And it was, it's a powerful video. I mean, I wish I had, I wish I knew, you know, what it was, but that really, that resonated with me. My husband passed it on to me and it resonated with me at that moment, just all of the things. And that's what we've been educating our kids on is there are so many factors that unfortunately in some black communities can keep those kids back as opposed to our white communities. So we're trying to educate our kids on how that unity needs to occur. That's good. That's good for you and your husband. Really. That is really, really great. And I can't say that enough, Nicole, because that blesses my heart to hear that just that you all are taking that time and to really educate and really, um, to educate your children because they're the next generation. They're the ones that's really going to live out the very things that we're fighting for. And so it's so important that we're educating our children on this. And us, even here in the black community, you know, educating our children on what we have gone through, but also not to take it like um, it's a, I don't know, a reason to fail, but it's a reason to succeed even all the more. So, um, yeah. So thank you for doing that for just... Of course, just speaking up on our behalf, but also pouring into your children so that they can be even um, better people than what we have seen in the past on both sides, you know? Well, and thank you. I appreciate you recognizing that. I actually, um, I I don't know how old you are. I'm 44. So I'm 43. I, I, okay. So I, 
I was not raised by racist people. My grandparents were racist. And so I feel like we have these generations. And even if my, my parents weren't racist, there were still little things there that they might not have known were racist, right. but it was still perpetuating racism. Yeah. So I feel like I'm at a, and you too, we're at a weird age because we still have a little bit of this generation there that mm-hmm. perpetuates some racism. And that trickles down into how we think about things. So if we could just get our kids, our next generation, to start understanding more, then I'm hoping that this will all be gone within the next, you know, hopefully few years because yeah. we just, it, that education is so important and that understanding. My son, um, he's a little more calm about things. My daughter gets really fired up about stuff. She's got some very strong opinions about things and we <laughs> have to calm her down a little bit. Uh, Jason and I both have had to explain some things because she, um, she just doesn't understand sometimes. And I don't think my son does either, but mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that she's at least talking about it and right. thinking about it. So we can educate her. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and my family is the same way, you know, my grandmother, she is 89 years old. So of course she's been through a lot. She's seen a lot and growing up, she had some opinions (laughs) about uh, white people that were not, (laughs) you know, that I would not teach my kids. And I tell my kids, even today, you I tell them all the time, I do not care what race you marry. I really don't. Long as they love Jesus, long as they love you, they work hard, they treat you right. That's all that matters to me. Whereas, you know, in my family growing up, like I said, with my grandmother, hearing some of her conversations and some of the things that she had to go through. But I under I don't really understand because I'm not 89, but I can understand, I guess, the heart in which it came from seeing the hurt and the pain and all of the work that they had to go through and growing up in the South, you know, so. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't even imagine. I would never even begin to imagine, but it is upsetting. And, you know, it upsets me, too, because you do see um, racist people on both sides that are raising their kids with some racist notions already. Um, And that kills my heart because that's not it's not going to help anything. (laughs) There's so many people that have to rise above and make sure that we're we're raising our kids just to love and be kind. And I feel the same as you do. You know, um, Jason and I had had the conversation about interracial marriage years ago. And it was so funny, just the conversation of you've got, you know, you've got two races. I could care less if and we were talking about this when grace was little she was our first one and i'm like (laughs) as long as my daughter is loved and the person that she marries is an upstanding citizen i could care less (laughs) because i've been married to somebody who was not a nice person and (laughs) i just want better for my daughter Absolutely. I I so feel that same way. So and because I have nieces that are um, they are mixed as well. And I just love them just the same as I love my, you know, full black nieces and nephews. And so it's just yeah. So I'm just glad that you and I can talk about this and and that our hearts are one with this. And so the prayer is, is that other people will 
um, come along. And I, I'm grateful for the progress that has been made. And uh, even utilizing your platform, I believe that you will be able to make a difference because of your heart, um, Nicole, and because of just your openness and your humility to learn and to grow and just to love on people, everybody. And so with that being said, um, tell us about your platform. Why did you run for Mrs. Colorado and what is your platform about? Well, um, I think you can appreciate this because you are truly a woman of God. And uh, I have not always subscribed to, I think I've let other things get in the way of my faith. But I would say over the past five years, I've had a lot of clarity as far as my faith goes. And so this year was really weird for me. And it's kind of a long story, so I won't go into great detail because I know we only have a certain amount of time. But um, I have always, well, not always, probably the past three or four years, Grace and I have actually spoke at elementary schools about kindness and inclusion and bullying, um, which has been really wonderful. And unfortunately, this year, because of COVID, I'm not going to be able to go into schools and do that. So um, I'm actually in the search in the Denver area of a videographer that's willing to um, help us out and put together a video with other local title holders that I can put into schools. Okay. So um, my hope is that we can get kind of a PSA type of message out to schools on all of those things. My other platform is helping to promote day programs for adults with developmental disabilities. And this is where God came in for me. So about a year ago, um, my daughter started dating an amazing kiddo named Ryan. And Ryan has two siblings with um, Fragile X syndrome, which I had never heard of Fragile X before, but it's basically a developmental disability. He's got a brother who's 23 and a sister that's 13 with um, the disability. And what um, his parents have done is they've started a day program for adults with developmental disabilities called Tree Line Pass. And basically what happens after someone, we'll say like with autism or Fragile X, once they age out of school at the age of 21, they have nothing to do. And so there's no consistency in their lives. There's no training. Most of us would go on to college or to the workforce or vocational school. And so they basically, it's almost like the people that uh, run these programs would say it's like falling off of a cliff after you Mm. have been in school for all of those school years. Mm. So um, I just started talking to them and realized this is a need um, for funding for these programs that is so important for all of these adults. So um, I just feel like God placed Ryan in our lives so I could start talking to these people and yes. understanding what was going on with them. And so my big platform this year is not only raising money for Tree Line Pass, but also for getting the word out about um, adults with developmental disabilities and their needs and understanding that these are this is a big community that needs our help. Yes. Wow. Yes, they do. And I could just see your heart in that. And I'm, I'm thinking about also just the heart of God, how he, he loves so much for those that are, um, 
I want to say I want to say disenfranchised and overlooked sometimes because those, um, you know, people that are what, what you're talking about in regards to develop developmentally um, going through or struggling or something of that sort. Sometimes they don't get some of the resources that some of us other people get, and sometimes they are left behind. And but so grateful for people like you and Ryan's family that understands and that wants to take them in and love on them. So what a beautiful yeah. platform. Well, and it's just so weird to me, Sparkle, that this all happened this year. I will tell you right now that I really wasn't, usually your second year competing, you're not going to win the Mrs. Colorado pageant. So many wonderful, amazing women spend years um, putting their dues in with this pageant. And there was a big feeling of guilt for me this year because, you know, sometimes you think, gosh, these girls have put in years and it just, it kind of hurt my heart. I had very mixed feelings the next day just because I was probably exhausted. But right. at the same time, I just felt like a little bit of a sense of guilt. But then, you know, after getting some sleep and thinking about it, I basically, you know, in my mind, God, God put me here for a reason. He put me in this position for a reason. And I want so badly just to get out and help these people. And even though it's a weird year and I'm not going to be able to do a lot of in-person stuff, I can just at least get my word out on social media and, you know, trying to get on a few news sources over the coming year and just really make a difference. So divine intervention for me this year. I've thought a lot about it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is so awesome. And, you know, God works in people say mysterious ways. And we know that he's just, he's just divine like that. And I'm thinking about also thinking about you and Sylvia, how the two of you can work together in some things and really, um, I don't know, you know, be out there in the community or whatever that will look like, but even doing videos and things like that and even sharing um, your heart in some of, you know, the community because I know hers is Alzheimer's and then yours is what you're speaking about, but just really trying to love on people. That's what is, that's what I'm hearing in your voice, honestly, is the love of people. Yes, and I I will tell you, I absolutely adore Sylvia. That is a special woman. Um, I I was a little shocked that um, that Sylvia and my roles weren't reversed this year. And I have to tell you, I was talking to my the makeup artist that was um, doing our makeup for our photo shoot the next day, and her and I were talking about how this is a special year, and this might be God speaking to us um, through pageantry because. Mm-hmm. Sylvia and I are both older women. Uh, A lot of times you'll see girls win these pageants that are in their mid-30s. I'm 44. Sylvia is 62. And God willing, I hope I look like her when I'm 62. She's gorgeous. (laughs) Um, And in shape. And I just want to be Sylvia when I grow up. So (laughs) I... um, I think it's God's way of telling us that not only um, do we have a lot of special things that we could do with a little bit of age this year and some tumultuous tumultuous times in our communities, but um, Sylvia is a beautiful black woman and I'm a white woman and we could show some unity this year in a world that does not have unity right now. So I'm looking forward to being with Sylvia this year as much as I can. Absolutely. It is definitely divine because when I saw the two pictures, uh, the two of your pictures put together, I mean, you know, on social media, I was like, 
wow, look at this. You know, just God just, he's just amazing. And he just speaks in so many different ways. And I hope that we're listening. I hope that people are listening. I hope that they're um, being observant about what God is doing, because it really is about unity. And even if people don't believe in God the way some of us do, he is still calling us all to be together in some form or fashion. And even if we don't agree with some of the platforms, um, whether it's Black Lives Matter or the LBGT community or whatever uh-huh. it is, he still calls us to love, period, yes. point blank. Nothing more, nothing less. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, Unity is the name of the game, and we all just need to be willing to listen to people's stories. We don't always have to agree with people's stories and every single thing they say, but we need to be respectful of others, and we need to be respectful, I feel like, of um, just so many things in our communities, because we're going through times right now that nobody's ever been through before. And mm-hmm. so it's just so important to listen and just, I mean, my platform for the past two years on a wider scale has been just be kind. And it's so important. Right. Even when you're driving a car, let somebody over that has their signal on. If you are in the grocery store and somebody has one item behind you and you have 20 and you can spare a few minutes, let them go in front of you. Just be a kind person and show that in your communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is what it's really about is being kind, being um, engaging, being loving, and just to um, pave the way for other people indeed. So absolutely. Yes. Well, Nicole, we have reached our time. Is there anything um, just in the last few seconds that you want to encourage someone with or say to um, our listeners or anything that's in your heart? Um, I, I really hope that we can all just take a big, deep breath and listen to people that are not in the same situation as you and speak with kind conviction to people instead of unkind conviction. And uh, let's stop fighting on social media and just try to listen to what other people are saying. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Sparkle, I really appreciate you having me on today. Um, It actually makes my heart smile to be able to talk about some of these tensions because it really has been a huge it's, it's been weighing heavily on my heart the past few weeks, and I just really appreciate you having me on so we could chat about a few things. Yeah, so well, thank you for taking this time for sure, indeed. And I just, I think it's just important for people to hear your heart in the you know, just the platform that you're on, we need to be able to hear your heart. And um, that's what it's really about, because regardless of where we're leaders, we need to be able to talk to the hot topics that's going on and the topics that's impacting people's hearts and their lives. So thank you for being open, Nicole, and thank you for this time. And uh, I just speak blessings over you. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. I appreciate your prayers and um, let's hope that I'll be able to get some really awesome things done this year. Yes, yes, you (laughs) will. You will. Well, all right, listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in. And um, this has been an amazing show with two amazing ladies that I want you all to reach out to um, on social media and I will have their information linked So God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, always go for your God-given destiny. 
All right, blessings. I hope you were inspired, enlightened, and or informed. To contact me, please visit sparklerobinson.com. Remember, as always, go for your God-given destiny. God bless you.